pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and News Gazette High School football game of the week. Week one edition, Monticello and St. Joseph Ogden, and it's host St. Joseph Ogden up 25-7. Third quarter of play is upon us. Joey Wright and Jeff Primer in with you. Jeff Primer, our guest analyst tonight, doing a good job, a great job as we approach the third quarter here. And Jeff, as we've got about now two minutes and 45 seconds on the clock, both teams warming up for the second half. First, your takeaways from the first half, and then what are you expecting to see in the second half? Well, I think I was very surprised at the tempo St. Joe came out with. Um, no huddle, quick. Um, it worked, so they kept doing it, and as they should have. Um, surprised at the turnovers by Monticello. You would figure they'd be a little bit more precise with, with the ball and taking care of it. Um, this is a huge possession for Monticello. If they score here, they're right back in the game. If they don't, then it could get out of hand. Um, I don't think there'll be a running clock necessarily, but St. Joe could could get way ahead and shut the door on them here if they don't score on this opening possession. It's going to come down perhaps to this next drive. Some surprises around the state. You just heard some scores from Jason Leggett, but one that's caught my eye in Peoria, Rochester up on Peoria, 40 to nothing early in the third quarter there. Peoria, the defending class 5A runner-up. Rochester made it to the semifinal round of the class 4A playoffs a year ago. Rockets looking good on that one. Just goes to show you, you can come into a game thinking you, you might know what you're going to see, and time and time again, we're you know it's proved that we never do. <laughs> right, they're in high school. Yeah. Uh, if their girlfriend dumped them this week, then yep. they might not play well. If their dad just bought them a car and they got their driver's license, they're on cloud nine. They're in high school. So you never know what you're going to get. So many variables as both teams are back on the field. Important to note, Monticello is ready to receive the second-half kickoff. They are trailing 25-7 to on Light Rock 97.5. And perhaps added to the sense of urgency, Storms, Fast approaching, we understand. Looked at the radar briefly at halftime. I saw some red and yellow moving toward us. I think it's mostly moving to the south of us, but with how hot it is, I think I've seen some lightning beyond the Spartan shed that is uh, pretty much the only thing visible behind the visiting set of bleachers. It's very dark out, very steamy. The lights cast kind of an eerie white glow underneath them. Not very uh, strong visibility tonight, but I do think as you kind of look up, you can see the skies, something's coming. And in six weeks, we'll be shivering and wishing that it was warmer out. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Illinois. Football season starts in the brutal, blistering hot and ends in the frigid cold. Baseball season's the opposite. That's why I like basketball is because it's indoors. Right, temperature controlled. Ready to go in St. Joseph for half number two. 
St. Joseph Ogden leading Monticello 25-7. Monticello to receive the second half kickoff. Joey Wright and Jeff Brimmer on the call with you. We're underway. Joe Frasca and end over end kickoff left to right. And it is fielded by Monticello. Nolan Burrenkemper looking for the right side and takes it to the blue turf on that far sideline. 11.53 on the clock. 25-7 the score. And they will spot it at the 14-yard line. Frasca is a weapon for St. Joe. He can kick it deep. He can squib it. He can kick it, pooch kick it. That's rare in high school that you get a kicker that can do all those things. His first two kickoffs went into the end zone. He's calmed down a little bit and really found a sweet spot. Teschke takes the first snap. Right to left drive from the 14-yard line. Airing it out for Yike Young. Young catches it, crosses the 50. Everyone hits the turf. He's down at the 45. That was 35. a wheel route. That was a wheel route by Ike Young. That's a Cully Welter staple. And it's a huge play on the first play of the half, exactly what Monticello needed. That's why it's a staple, because it works. <laughs> they dial up the big play and hurry to the line. Teschke with Young behind him. Four wide receivers, two to each side. Teschke steps up, takes a bit off the throw to Welter. Welter approaching the 30, down at the 31 on the left side of the field at the numbers. And that will give the Sages a second and six with 11.25 and ticking. Second down. St. Joe's on their heels a little bit here. Two receivers to each side. Welter in motion, left to right. Now trips right. And rolling right is Teschke. Teschke winds it up, uncorks one to the right side of the field. It is caught on the sideline, and the catch is made over there by Matt Swartz. Pardon me. Matt Swartz, the 13, Matt Swartz has enough for the first down, and so that will move the chains. Down to the 25. First and 10. 25 yards between the Sages in the end zone, trailing 25-7. 11.06 left in the third quarter, and it's a pitch in front of Teschke to Welcher. Ball's loose. Spartans turnover. get it. Spartans dial on the fumble, and that is the third turnover of the game for Monticello. Comes at an inopportune time. This time it's a Trey Welcher fumble. It gives the Spartans control of the ball. 10.58 left in the third quarter, 25-7. The score, and they'll mark it off at the 18-yard line. So now 82 yards between the Spartans in the end zone. They'll drive it left to right, and that is a huge deflating play for Monticello. Do you look for Skinner to run the ball and just try to bleed some clock here, or do you go for the juggler and throw it? You know, if I was St. Joseph Ogden, I, I would take the pass out of the playbook, but I'd be a little more judicious with it. I think I'd run the ball and just try to milk off some clock. I completely agree. Not out of the woods yet. They do hand it off to start things out, and it's a huge play up front. Not for St. Joseph Ogden, but for Monticello. Monticello was thinking the same thing. They were ready for the run. Justice Colbert, or uh, Raiden Colbert, or pardon me, Justice Wirtz, the ball carrier. I conflated the two number 10s, but Justice Wirtz, the ball carrier, brought down for a loss of four. Four-man front for the Monticello defense. Words alongside Smith. Play action. Pass out to Tim Blackburn. Kelly. Kelly catches it at the 15. His forward progress stopped. Teschke in on that stop. 
as was Burren Kemper and a couple of his teammates. And it'll be third and 14. No gain, no loss on that play. Ten minutes, ten seconds left in the third quarter. Spartans deep in their own territory, leading 25 to 7. It looks like the Monticello defensive coordinator gave a Newt Rockney-esque halftime speech. Three-man front for Monticello. Plenty of time for Smith in the pocket. Smith airing one out. It's incomplete despite a terrific diving effort from Tanner Seams, who had a great touchdown catch earlier. But it's incomplete, and Monticello's defense gets the stop they needed. Fourth down and 12 at the 16-yard line. St. Joe, deep in its own territory, will have to punt. A flag was down. It's against St. Joe. It is declined, and the Spartans will punt with 9.53 left in the frame. Flag on the play. Declined by the St. Was that Logan Smith back to punt the ball? Logan Smith back to punt, and the Sages don't know what's coming. Smith, a quick kick, a pooch kick. That kick's not going anywhere. It's out of bounds up across the 35. See exactly where they mark it off. I, I'm always impressed, Jeff, with how officials are able to mark punts off when they go out of bounds. I think they guess a little bit. I think they just want to get it close because <laughs> that's tough to do. I was right on that somehow. It will be at the 35-yard line. First and 10 for the Sages. So they pick things up about right where they left off. Trey Welter, a fumble into the last drive. Sages get it back. No worse for wear. Trailing 25-7. 9.48 left in the third quarter. It'll be trips left. Those trips receivers include Carter Ferran, Cole Sawinski, and Trey Welter. But Welter now in motion right. Teshke drops back, three-step drop, steps up, has plenty of space to his left, drops his shoulder, looks for the 20. He's got it, knocked out of bounds. They'll give him the 21, close enough. And now the official drops the ball, and they will spot it at the 21-yard line, so a yard shy of the red zone for Monticello. 9.38 here for the quarter. Lightning strikes starting to pick up behind the field. See when they stop play, if they do. Sky almost fully white there as it snapped, and Teshke is brought down for a loss of two. Big sack for the Spartans. Braden Waller in on that play again. On the previous play, Cody McKinney on the tackle took a little more than he gave. But you love to see those little kids stick their nose in there. Favored the Spartans for a loss of two. Second and 12, 9-10 to play. 25-7 SJO. Monticello needs a big play. Ike Young in motion right. Empty backfield. Pitch out to the flat and Young. Young off to the right. Looks for the numbers. 20. Brought down shy of the 20 at the 21. So Monticello gets it back about where it started with this set of downs. It'll be third about 10. Third and 11 from the 21-yard line. 8.45 and ticking. 18-point game, three-score game. Right at the start of that three-score window. Trips left. Young with his quarterback, Teshke. Teshke drops. Teshke steps up. Teshke in trouble. Spins out of a sack. Rolls left. He's got to get rid of it. Somehow stays on his feet no longer. Seems into the backfield for a sack. Pardon me. Holton that was Brazelton. Brazelton. Yeah, gets in there. Brazelton in on the stop. Huge sack, and Jeff, that's been the story of the game. Anytime Monticello seems to have some momentum, St. Joe steps in and puts a stop to it. Right, or they turn it over. 
It's like they can't get out of their own way on these big plays. Fourth down and 15. Clock running at 7.55. Sages with no choice but to go for this. Fourth and 15 from the SJO 27. Right to left play. Teshke drops back, rolls right. Teshke running out of time. Splits two defenders. Throw over the middle is caught. And that is going to be a Sages touchdown. Over the middle. What a catch. Pitch and catch. Carter Ferran into the end zone. And that's the play the Sages needed. 25-13, extra point pending with 7.39 to play in the third. Heck of a scramble by Texie, Teske and throw there. Luke Tashke split two defenders, was almost certainly going to get sacked. His rushing touchdown earlier played out very similarly. Once he got past the first wave of defenders, he was able to make his reads, slow it down, make the throw he needed, caught Carter Ferran on a slant route. 25-13, extra point pending from Cole Sawinski. Jeff Primer, I think, as Sawinski sends the extra point through the uprights. We've got a ball game on our hands here at Tick 2 Ball Field tonight. All right, Monticello did just what they had to do. They had to score on that initial um, after halftime possession. Slight detour with the turnover, but they <laughs> picked it right back up, and they're right back in the game. They did it the hard way, but they did it, and the score now reflects that. 25-14, 7-39 for the third quarter. Joey Wright with Jeff Brimmer in the Light Rock 97.5, and News Gazette broadcast booth. Glad you're with us. Our game of the week presented by Pavlov Media and Prospect Bank. Glad to have them on board this season. Jeff, the first of nine guest analysts will feature this season. Maybe we've got to get Jeff back in here again, though. We'll see what happens. Well, I'm trying to set the bar low enough so that others can improve on it. So, uh, <laughs> Like with the Olympic figure skater, you never sure. want to give the first one a 10. Sure. <laughs> well, in that regard, I would say mission failed because you're doing a great job. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun so far. I'm having an absolute ball. I would do this every week. This is so much fun. 7.39 here for the third quarter. We'll be in Unity next week. Won't go far for St. Joe fans. Spartans taking on the Unity Rockets at Hicks Field. Week three, we plan to be in Monticello. Monticello. Right now, a team from Missouri on the schedule for week three. That'll be a Saturday kickoff. Illinois plays that Friday. So these teams getting plenty of action the first three weeks of the year. Squib kick from Sawinski. And Justice Words on the return. Yeah, it's picked up by Justice Words. He's up to the 20. The Monticello defense has really kicked it into a higher gear. They're bouncing around. and Wurtz is still down. Grabbing his leg. First player down we've seen today, and the training staff will come out and take a look at Wurtz, and Wurtz is going to get up on his feet, walk off with a little assistance. Glad to see he appears to be okay. He got it to the 25. I said 20, misspoke there. So got an extra five yards. And a 75-yard drive in front of the Spartans. And, Jeff, you never – it's one of the first things they teach you in talking school. You know, you never want to speculate on an injury. But I, I've got to throw out – I'm going to speculate. I'm going to break that rule. It's so hot. I mean, you've got to think that as we get later into this game, we might see some cramps, right? I mean, yes. you might start to see some players cramp up, or Charlie Horse or what have you. Don't know that that's what's uh, the situation with Wurtz, although he's walking under his own power on the bench. Yeah, Casey Hugs the trainer. He's one of the best in the business. He'll get him some bananas and some water and get him rolling. 
But cramps are excruciatingly painful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and we were marked at halftime. We'll hold that thought as St. Joe gets ready to start the drive. 75 yards in front of him left to right. Handoff up the middle in place of Wirtz, Tim Blackburn, Kelly. He's got a gain of a yard. We talked at halftime with Brian Brooks about how lively the players are, even with the heat and humidity. They're bouncing around, getting up and down the field well. Doesn't seem to be affecting them, but the second half, that might start to change a little bit. Well, they cooled off at halftime in the air-conditioned building, so, yeah, cramps could pop up. Flag comes in before the second and eight snap. And that'll be an offside against Monticello. Takes a second and eight to second and three. Five-yard penalty, still second down. Seven oh two and ticking here. Now second and three for St. Joseph Ogden and Smith. The pitch to Taylor. Taylor in the right flat takes it up past the forty in front of his own sideline. That's going to be a fresh set of downs for the Spartans as they near midfield. First down and ten from the forty. Six forty-five. Two receivers to each side. Logan Smith with Tim Blackburn. Kelly next to him, still on the sideline, is Justice Wirtz. Shotgun look, four-man front for the Sages defense. Stepping up is Smith, going to take it himself. Up across midfield, sprinting past the 40. Now to the 30, tripped up and stumbles to the 25. They'll mark him off at the 27. Big game there for Logan Smith. Seen him make a couple of plays tonight. Coming up a little lame after the play and walking to the sideline under his own power is going to be Spartans lineman Ray Gutierrez. Looked a little bit like Smith was a little slow to get up there. And now it's a first down and 10, 32-yard line. And a pitch back to Tim Blackburn. Kelly, Kelly with the seam down the right sideline. Lifted out of bounds at the 19. Not quite enough for a first down. It'll be second down and four. Clock stopped at six minutes and one second. Second and four. A little bit of a breeze starts to come into the press box window. Second and three. Six minutes here for the third quarter, and a handoff up the middle goes nowhere. It'll be third and short. Score is 25 to 14. Spartans leading the Sages and driving. Officials timeout. And we'll see what this is all about. Looks like an injured oh, sage. An injured sage. But I can't make out the number there as they tend to them. And you hear the uh, PA announcer, Josh Frericks, starting to warn fans what might happen in the case of a, a thunderstorm, which we understand are en route. So we'll see what happens. But i got to reset things for our listeners. I feel like I haven't said the score in ages. 25-14, Spartans over the Sages. 5.50 here in the third quarter. When we resume from the injury timeout, it'll be third down and three at the 19-yard line. Spartans driving left to right and looking to go back ahead by three scores. Jeremiah Winky was the injured 
Monticello player, but he's walking off under his own power. Good to see him walk off under his own power. He's got a, a teammate with his arm around him, but doesn't look like he's helping out any. And again, this is where we find out what team has the edge when it comes down to hydration and conditioning and some of those things. Trying to mitigate those cramps and those heat-related injuries. It is starting to rain at Dick Duval Field. It is coming down as a steady drizzle. Nothing crazy quite yet. And they'll wind the clock and come back to play third and four. Lightning starting to pick up. We'll see if and when they make the call to yank the players. A strike as it's handed off to Tim Blackburn. Kelly. Kelly stood up by Teschke, and the rest of the Monticello defense comes in to help Teschke out. Dominic Giller came in to help. Or pardon me, I think I misidentified. Matt Swartz came in to help Teschke on that tackle, and it's fourth down and three for the St. Joseph offense. Leading by 11, 5-15 and ticking. Ball on the Monticello, 21 off to our right. And the Spartans will go for it. Four wide receivers. Tim Blackburn, Kelly, the halfback. Logan Smith, five yards behind his center, Braxton Waller. And like Monticello's defense, yeah, they say SJO. they say SJO moved first, and they did. And that'll be a huge penalty. And back St. Joseph Ogden up. Five yards, fourth down and eight now from the 26 as the rain continues. If they'd kick a darn field goal here, it could be 28-14 and get us back on track. But it looks like they're still going to go for it. Joe Frasca stays on the sideline. Fourth down and eight, 26-yard line, 11-point game. Spartans need this. Dropping back, Smith going to air it out. Looking over the middle, it is caught by Coy Taylor inside the two-yard line. First down and then some. It's going to be first and goal. A good scoring opportunity turns great for the Spartans. And we'll see if Monticello's defense can hold. Nice throw by Smith. Great catch by Taylor. No fear going over the middle there. 24-yard game. Spartans slow it down. Heavy set. Everyone's in front of the quarterback, Smith. Now a man in motion, Taylor. Smith right up the middle. Easy touchdown. He's in. A couple of defenders got him at the goal line, but he had enough momentum to take it in. For a two-yard touchdown, and Logan Smith continues to lead Monticello's offense, 31-14 with an extra point on the way. 4.26 left for the third quarter. Smith has hurt Monticello just as much with his feet as he, had with, as he has with his arm. Is that his second touchdown, third touchdown? I believe that's his third rushing touchdown. Smith has had a hand in all four of St. Joseph Ogden's touchdowns. Remember, he had that passing touchdown to Tanner Seams. Right. Joe Frasco on for the extra point. These have been hit or miss tonight, and that is up and That one's right good. down the middle. 32 to 14 the score. 4.26 left in the third quarter, and St. Joseph will kick it off. Back ahead by three scores. Okay, I'd like to 
Rain continues to fall. It is still a steady drizzle. I wouldn't describe it as a heavy rain. I stuck my hand out the press box window, and the fans in front of us, Jeff, are shielded. They've got the best seats in the house. There's a little bit of an overhang with, with the uh, press box, and I think these fans are staying dry for the most part. For well, now. Joey, those seats are aluminum, though, so that could change quickly if <laughs> electricity starts to flow. For what it's worth, the weather app on my phone says a brief rain shower will begin around 9.55. Rain is not a concern. We can play in rain, especially on turf. Lightning is the biggest concern. We don't want thunderstorms. As I understand it, the people that installed the turf said you want a good rain once it's in to kind of settle in all the rubber pellets. Sean Skinner told us as much on Monday when right. we talked to him. Right. Said that's the one thing they haven't really gotten yet as they, looks like, are going to call the players off the field. We spoke it into existence. We're going to enter a weather delay at Dick Duval Field. Everyone ready to take cover. And the players are making their way to the locker rooms. Fans are departing the bleachers. Welcome back to Nick Duval Field in St. Joseph, Illinois. Glad you're on board for the finish of a game that was supposed to start at 7, instead started at 8, got postponed for about an hour and a half at 10 o'clock and is ready to resume here just after 11.30 in the central time zone. Joey Wright and Jeff Bremer with you. St. Joseph Ogden leading Monticello 32-14, 4 minutes and 36 seconds left in the third quarter. Both teams on the field wrapping up a 10-minute warm-up period to allow them to get loose and limber after as I said, about what would you call that, Jeff? About an hour and a half weather delay? About that, hour, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. Um, enough time to get the kids in the locker room and cool down, so hopefully that'll prevent any cramping issues because that's probably the big thing that they're, the coaches are worried about. We got and, through. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, St. Joe with, with the lead is in, in the catbird seat here. Um, like I said, when in doubt, take a knee and just run that clock out. Um, Monticello's going to have to make something happen and happen in a hurry. Well, it might be a little early for a knee, I think, but definitely with you that St. Joseph Ogden is in control. They can do the equivalent of that. Just run the football, right? Play within yourself. You're leading 32-14 with three minutes and 45 seconds left in this warm-up period. 4:36 as we resume the third quarter. Let's see what the Spartans do. What does Monticello do though? They're they're going to have a, they're going to have the first crack at this. They're going to return a kickoff as we resume this weather delay. St. Joseph Ogden had just scored its fifth touchdown of the contest before the, the break uh, as we got some rain and lightning and thunder. So what does Monticello do? They've got to dial up something here on this drive. I'm sure their first instinct would be to pass, but if you watch the warm-ups, what are the, kids, what are the receivers all wearing? Gloves, and now they're wet. <laughs> but all summer they've been practicing with gloves, and they're used to being you know, Odell Beckham with the one-handed catch with the gloves. And now those gloves are wet, so that could hinder the passing game. Who knows? But I'm sure their first instinct will be to come out throwing. Got about three minutes left in our warm-up period as Monticello and St. Joseph Ogden return to the field, getting ready to resume after about an hour and a half lightning delay. You hear St. Joseph Ogden's student section getting loud below us. And, Jeff, a shout-out to these loyal St. Joseph Ogden students. 
not quite as deep in numbers as they were a little bit ago, but the maroon platoon is not far off. And rather than sit in the bleachers, the wet bleachers, they're all lining the fence at the edge of the bleachers, right, right up against the railing. Can't say that I believe them. The seats are soaking wet. Great sight to see so many students and fans, not only for St. Joseph Ongan, but for Monticello as well, with us to the finish. Again, the crowd not quite as massive as it was earlier, but it is pretty big still. We're it's, probably uh, down to the, the parents, the grandparents, the boyfriends, and the girlfriends is probably who we're down to. <laughs> sure. It is a strong student section, though. And as I look across the way, some umbrellas, it's still raining. doesn't seem to bother the students at all, but some of the parents and grandparents have broken out the umbrellas and they're going to choose to uh, take some cover here for the finish. Well, it's been 100 degrees all week, so the rain might feel kind of nice out there, actually. Looking forward to wrapping this one up. Minute 40 left in the warm-up period. If you're just joining us, no official stats of yet, but we can tell you that Logan Smith for St. Joseph Ogden, the Spartans quarterback, has had a hand in all five of the Spartans touchdowns. Four of them on the ground from short range. Each one of his rushing touchdowns has come from inside the five-yard line, but he also threw a 31-yard passing touchdown to Tanner Seams earlier. Seams going up and grabbing that one. That was a key moment in the game. And Logan Smith has put on a show. Some early turnovers for both quarterbacks, Jeff, but uh, all told, pretty good showing in week one, especially for all the detours these teams have had to take because of the heat this year. This right, week. right. Yeah, you wonder if the <clears throat> the – Messed up practice time has thrown Monticello's timing off because of the, the turnovers they've had. But St. Joe looks, I don't know that I'd say they've dominated Monticello, but they they look to be the better team. Um, a little bit faster, a little bit more sure-handed, a little bit more skilled at the skill players. So. See how it all pans out. What was it, Super Bowl 47? You brought it up earlier, Ravens and 49ers. The lights went out. 49ers were down big. They were able to make a game of it after that, although the Ravens still won. Monticello down three scores, 32-14. We'll see if the equivalent of the power outage will help the Sages tonight. Yeah, it just I remember that Super Bowl. It just messed everything up. No one was really in sync, and there was cramping and all sorts of things, and that was indoors. So, What you hope for now is no injuries and nobody to get seriously hurt, slipping on the turf or – because I don't, I don't know how brand new turf plays when it gets wet. It might be a little slippery. See if these players can keep their footing underneath them. Joey Wright and Jeff Primer in the booth with you, ready to finish this one off as it's now past 11:30 in St. Joe. Thanks for staying up with us on Light Rock 97.5, WHMS.com, or the News Gazette app. Glad to have Jeff Primer alongside me tonight, the first of nine guest color analysts who will join us this season. Jeff's lived in St. Joseph since 1998. Is Two kids, both recent SJO graduates, both played football. We'll see if he's got another Spartans victory left in him or if the Sages have something to say. 426 on the scoreboard, 32-14 our score. St. Joseph leading the visiting Sages. Monticello back deep to kick off. We're back underway in St. Joseph. Glad you're with us. Kickoff goes into the end zone, and Ike Young won't have a chance to take it out. It's another touchback by my count, the third touchback yeah. that... That's uh, not Franzen, pardon me. Joe Frasca has induced tonight. I hate to keep harping on this, but that is a weapon. Not very, not very many high school kickers can kick it into the end zone. And he's done it on a handful of occasions tonight, and it's still raining out. Not quite as heavily as it was earlier, but he sent that one deep into the end zone despite the conditions. So from the 20-yard line, Monticello will start a right-to-left drive. Luke Teschke 
in the shotgun formation. Trips right, Ike Young to his left, and it's a handoff to Young up the middle. That's how it starts, and Ike Young has a gain of four straight up the gut to resume play here. We take down to 4.15 in the third quarter. And winding, and Monticello's going to take its time here. Jeff, you've got to think that they've got to pick up the sense of urgency, although you still want to play within yourself. You don't want to go too quick. Right, and with it being slippery now and um, the turnovers, they're probably a little bit gun-shy to really let loose here. Teschke on a keeper on second down and six, and Teschke has some space up past the 40 to the 45, looking for the 50 brought down between the numbers and the St. Joseph sideline on the left side of the field. Took three Spartans to wrestle him down. An athletic play from Teschke gets to the 47-yard line. Now just three yards shy of midfield are the Sages driving right to left. Going to bunch it up here. Nobody's out far wide receiver-wise on either side of the field. Everyone's in tight. Teschke's got Ike Young to his left. He's in the shotgun formation. Three-step drop, lobs one up, looking for Young. Young goes up and hauls it in at the 35-yard line. Ike Young, a terrific catch. Now the Sages go across midfield. Tight coverage by the Spartans there. Young just went up and got the ball. Very nice catch. And a good throw. Good, good touch throw by Teschke. Pitch catch, you're right. That was tight coverage. Looked like that pass was going to get broken up, but Monticello won the battle. Now to the 35-yard line, 3.15 for the third quarter. And an 18-point game. Monticello needs this drive. They'll go trips right. Young is next to Teschke. Raiden Colbert has lined up the lone receiver left side of the field. St. Joseph Ogden's going to bring four. They're going to dip into zone coverage, and Teschke's going to complete a pass on a out route to Cole Sawinski to the right side of the field. Second and five coming up as the clock runs. Pass completed number 80, Cole Sawinski. I don't know about you, Jeff. I could have used that break, too. I feel a little refreshed now. <laughs> yeah, the rain definitely cooled things off, so I'm sure everybody's happy about that. It's still raining, not quite as humid here in St. Joseph right now. Keeper for Teschke, left side Teschke, 20, 15, brought down at the 14 middle of the field. Four, call it three or four maroon jerseys converged on him there as he brought it up across the 15. That'll stop the clock briefly at 2.28, 32-14, our score. And Monticello is going to go quickly to the line. Four wide receivers, shotgun look. Again, it's a carry for Ike Young. Young to the right side, can't bounce it outside of the right hash. And he's brought down at the 10-yard line. Two minutes and 15 seconds is where the clock runs. And the officials are going to call out a ball boy to deliver a dry football. Second and six, Monticello now to the St. Joseph 10-yard line. Knocking on the door of the end zone. They need this drive. Minute 55, trailing by 18. Teschke sends Ike Young to the left. Teschke, three-step drop. Steps up in the pocket, fires it out to Young, who drops the ball at the 15-yard line. And that is incomplete, although typical defenders, right? They're going to try to follow the loose ball, hoping, yeah. praying that it's a fumble. Best thing you could have done was drop that ball. <clears throat> there weren't any yards to be gained, and that just would have burned time. So Monticello's getting just what it needed out of the break, a nice sustained drive. Um, but St. Joe's also bending but not breaking and running some clock off. So That incompletion, Jeff, not a terrible thing for Monticello. Stop the clock, let him reset. They might have been moving a little quick for their own good. Mm -hmm. A wide receiver spread out to each side. And in the slot 
is a man, Sawinski. Bad snap, Teschke fumbled, it stays on his feet, but it's gonna be a huge loss. He's brought down at the 32 yard line. The line of scrimmage was the 10. And that's a huge loss for Teschke. And not what Monticello wanted to see on third down and six. It's gonna be fourth and 25. Or fourth and forever, as yeah. it's called sometimes. <laughs> Friend Cody Roskins would say fourth and a country mile on fourth and uh, <laughs> 25 here. 32-14, clock will run at a minute 15. Monticello's converted some fourth and longs today. They need a miracle here. Fourth and 25 from the 30. Teschke steps up. Teschke looking. Teschke can't escape pressure and in on another sack. Braxton Waller, who's been in on a couple of those plays tonight. He had some help. Jeff looked like that was his teammate. Ray Gutierrez, who helped him out. In any case, a turnover on down. Spartans take over with a minute two left, 32-14 here in the third quarter. Some credit to the SJO secondary on that. Everyone was tightly covered. Teske had nowhere to throw it. And St. Joseph Ogden will take over on downs. Minute two left here in the third quarter, and they'll start at their own 30-yard line, a left-to-right drive. And here's a handoff, as you'd expect, right up the middle for a gain of three on that carry is Justice Wirtz. And, of course, that's worth mentioning because Wirtz had a great start to the game, went down with what looked like a, a cramp or something of that sort. Now back in the game, good to see. Yeah, I think we're getting ready to see a lot of Justice Wirtz here as St. Joe will try to run the clock out. He's going to be a busy man. Shotgun look, Wirtz another carry, running right, almost slipped, stayed on his feet, up past the 35, down to the 37. Line to gain is the 40, so it's going to be third down and three yards, 25 seconds left here for the third quarter, and I would not expect, Jeff, that St. Joseph will run a play as they're now down play clocks at 27, game clocks at 13, so they'll let this go. Yep, the coach is on the field, so you can't run a play when the coach is on the field. Nope. So we're going to go into the fourth quarter like this. It's going to take, don't want to call it a miracle, but it's going to take something for Monticello here trailing 32-14 as the third quarter expires. It's St. Joseph Ogden's football, third and three when we come back from their own 37. Glad you're sticking around, a late-night version of the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5. High school football game of the week presented by Pavlov Media and Prospect Banks. Stick around, back for more after this. At Prospect Bank, we have a powerful way to manage your debit cards anytime, anywhere. Select cards within your e-mobile app to turn your card on or off, put lost or stolen cards on lockdown, add your card to the digital wallet, set alerts, add travel plans, and so much more. Visit bankprospect.com forward slash manage cards to learn more about the power in the palm of your hand. We are Prospect Bank, the bank that brings you more opportunities. Member FDIC. Hi, my name is Isaiah Williams. I am a football wide receiver, and my competitive advantage is my speed. Businesses across central Illinois rely on Pavlov Media phones for their competitive advantage. Pavlov Media VoIP phones provide an elite class of communication systems you can use to elevate your business. Businesses anywhere in the United States can set up and use VoIP phones. Head over to pavlovmedia.com B2B to find out more. Right as the bumper music plays, it's incomplete. A pass from Logan Smith was looking for Tim Blackburn Kelly. 
Shout out to Jason Liggett in the studio. I'm not sure he was expecting us to come back that quick, but it sounded like he got that bumper music down in time, and it's fourth and three, and St. Joe Jeff might have to punt it here. Um, definitely. Looks like Logan Smith is lined up deep, so they're kicking it. It's rain. It's still raining here. Let's see what Smith can do on the punt. Watch for a fake here. No, that was never going to be a fake, and Smith punts it. Monticello didn't have anyone back deep to return, and this is going to be a pretty good punt, all told, down at the 16-yard line. <laughs> Jeff, it's uh, getting to that time. We thought it might have been the last drive Monticello had to score to have a chance at this one. I, this has got to be it, right? I mean, they're running out of chances. Right. I think you've got to have a touchdown and a two-point conversion on this one, or they're in some serious trouble. It's an 18-point game. 32-14, 11-46 for the fourth quarter. Monticello starting a very important drive at its own 17-yard line, moving left to right. 83 yards in front of the Sages, and Teschke's going to fire out a quick pass to Raiden Colbert. Colbert is able to haul it in, but he's downed immediately after making the play, went into a crouch and brought it in at the 22-yard line between the numbers and the sideline. That'll go for a gain of five. Clock keeps running, down to 11.30, and Monticello is going to take its time here, sorting out its formation. Going to go shotgun four wide receivers. Mike Young is right next to the quarterback, Luke Teschke. Three-man rush for the Spartans, but it's going to be a keeper for Teschke off to the left side. Teschke uses his legs, jets out ahead past the 35, down to the 37. It's plenty for a first down. Line to game was the 28. He got it to the 36. And that's what you want to see from Luke Teschke if you're a Monticello Sages fan. When he gets running downhill, he's a load. Both teams, by the way, have all three timeouts left. Four-man front for St. Joe. And a keeper for Teschke. Teschke, bootleg right. Flag is down. Teschke takes a hit at the 36, wrapped up and brought down at the 39. Five, Flag in the backfield. My area. guess will be holding. Teschke a bit slow to get up, but he's helped up by his teammate, Sam Burse. And nine times out of ten, when the guy with the white hat throws the flag, it's a hold. White hat's never let us have all the fun, right? <laughs> Well, he's in charge, so he, he gets to call what he wants, but typically he looks for holding it's been by a great, the way he lines up. Yeah, absolutely, and it's been, it's been a great officiating crew tonight. Our referee, Chris White from Paxson, Illinois, J.D. Howard from Champaign, the back judge, Sally Salenga, the umpire from Bloomington, Illinois, also from Bloomington, Randy Siring, and Gary Tenwells, the line judge from Danville, Illinois, actually the head coach at Bismarck Henning, Rossville, Alvin, High school, when you look at their boys' basketball program, is Gary Tidwell. They've had a lot of success in recent years. Yeah. As I told my friend Ray Tucker, if you mention the officials, that means they're not doing a very good job. Not the case tonight. They're doing great. Teshke airing this one out deep. It is holding. How about that over the 50-yard line? And down to the 42. Maybe that's the home run play Monticello needed. Carter Ferrant saw him go deep on the first play of the game. Didn't connect on that one. But that's going to go for a huge gain, and Monticello just like that across the 50-yard line. And they're lined up ready to go already. St. Joe's on their heels a little bit. Sage is upping the pace. Four wide, wide outs to each side. Teschke surveys. Teschke in trouble. Teschke's going to have to get rid of this. Fires it out deep to Ferran. Almost the pick of the year as Carter Ferran had a step. That might have been a touchdown saving play from St. Joseph Ogden's. Holden Brazelton, who's been all over the field tonight, Jeff. Right, Holden's had a good game. 
Went up with one hand, almost Odell Beckhamed it. But I bet his glove was wet, yep. and the ball slipped out of there. Darn rain. Or thank goodness for the rain if you're Yeah, that would have been a candidate for the play of the game if he'd have caught that one. Stops the clock at 10.35. Teshke back. Teshke surveying on a three-step drop. Over the middle was looking for Raiden Colbert on a slant. Colbert wanted a pass interference call as he slanted just shy of the 30-yard line across the middle of the field. Didn't get it. Stops the clock at 10.30. 32-14 ball game. St. Joe's sideline fires up the student section. We'll see what the Sages have on third and 10, trailing 32-14, 10 and a half in the ball game. They do get a fresh football here for this third and 10. Trips left, now in motion, Trey Welter. So two wideouts to each side. Welter in the slot. Here's Teshke, three-step drop. Steps up, fires, looking for Colbert. It is swatted down, nearly intercepted by Corbin Wells at the 15-yard line. That one actually probably should have been intercepted. <laughs> yeah, Wells doesn't have a, an excuse there. He wasn't leaping or, in fact, in the air whatsoever. Right. He not just swatted a, it down. Not in a mean way, but if no. he could catch it, he'd be a wide receiver. <laughs> Again, week one, I think that's your tryout, right? It's a defensive <laughs> back. We've seen some interceptions tonight. Oh, yeah. Not there, and now Monticello. Backed up again, it's fourth and ten. At St. Joe's 41-yard line, left to right play. Here's Teshke. He's got three wideouts to the right. Teshke stepping up in the pocket across the middle. That's caught by Trey Welter across the 25. Over to the left hash. He's down at the 24. It's a first down. And again, just when you think Monticello's out, they seem to have enough juice to get back into it. Here's Teshke again. Teshke, short drop. Over the middle. That time it's picked off. He was playing with Oh, fire. this could be a pick six. And he's burned. And here goes St. Joe. Right sideline. Is it a pick six? The flag is down. Let's see. Brought down at the five-yard line is Wyatt Wirtz. But a flag came into the 30 as Wyatt Wirtz struck down the right sideline. Brought down shy of the end zone. Luke Teshke, Jeff. Not to pile on, but this is perhaps an evening he'll want to forget. I think so. I'm sure he wanted to come out and throw for two, 300 yards, no interceptions and so on, but hasn't been his night so far. Wyatt Works, a near pick six, bobbled it, came down with it, and took it nearly to the house down the right sideline, perhaps adding insult to injury in front of Monticello's bench. And you hear the celebration, Monticello watching as St. Joseph's student section gets into it. Celebration on the St. Joe sideline. See what the flag is here. I missed the official signal on that, Jeff. I don't know if you caught it. No, I didn't see it either. It'll remain St. Joe's ball, and the spot is just going to get a little less favorable instead of the five. They'll have to start this drive on Monticello's 40 Call that actually the 38-yard line. Pardon me. Empty backfield for Smith. Sends a man in motion, and it's a shovel pass. To Tim Blackburn Kelly moving left, chased into the backfield, and Blackburn Kelly going nowhere. Flag comes in as he's wrapped up. Three Sages bring him in, bring him down, I should say. A group tackle there. And a flag came in right as there was some initial contact. Not sure if that was a face mask or, or what.
was huddling. See what that call is. Jeff, is there anywhere open late in St. Joseph or Ogden? <laughs> We approach midnight in eight minutes. Uh, there's a couple bars in St. Joe that are open, but nowhere to get just a quick hamburger to go and That's an right. order of fries. Always like coming through St. Joseph. A lot of lively taverns, bars, restaurants. Mm -hmm. Wonderful place to raise a family and live and do just about whatever you want. And you've lived here since 1998? That's true. That's correct. Thought it'd be a good place to raise a family, and it didn't disappoint. Glad to have you on board tonight. The officials finally breaking this huddle, and that will be a penalty against St. Joseph. Personal foul of uh, some kind there. I'm not quite sure when that came in. 9.50 to go as we stop play here. Get the spot for you in just a second. 32-14, St. Joe has the ball, and they lead. Both teams still have three timeouts. And, Jeff, I'm always guilty of this. Any game I call, if the team is down in this situation, you start saying, well, you know, if they could just get a stop here, it looks good. You know, maybe they can come back. Monticello keeps giving itself some chances, but they're they going to run out at some point. They're not going away, um, but St. Joe's doing just enough to keep them at bay. It's now first and 25, and a pitch back to Tim Blackburn Kelly. He's moving off to the left, and he's tackled just a yard ahead of the line of scrimmage. So second and 24 coming up. Clock will run inside 9.40. Joey, I've been very impressed with the St. Joseph uh, defensive secondary. You're not going to stop Monticello. I mean, the old cliche, you can't stop them, you can only contain them, but they have contained them. Um, there's been a few big plays, but there's been – interceptions and plays where they just the Monticello receivers just have not been open and Teske's had to run the ball. Well, I love cliches. I use them all the time, and I think it's the old adage, Ben don't break. It's the perfect way to describe how St. Joseph Ogden's defense has approached this game. Right. And we'll see what Logan Smith can do here as he takes the second and 24 snap. Roll right, and he gets a pass off that is nearly intercepted. It's incomplete in front of the Monticello sideline. So St. Joe trying to cook something up there on second and 24 to perhaps make third down a little more manageable. Instead, it's incomplete, and the clock stops at 8.52. 32-14 lead for the Spartans, an 18.3 score advantage. They're just trying to hang on and get this one to the finish line. It must pain them to see the clock stopped. Yeah, you almost wish Smith just would have taken a slide there and kept the clock running and lost the yards. Third and 24, St. Joe at midfield. And Smith drops back. Going to be a pass, going for the home run ball. He shovels it off. That's a completion to Justice Wirtz. Wirtz along his own sideline on the left side of the field. A flag comes in late. St. Joe says it's a late hit. Um, I think that's going to be a personal foul on St. Joe for a little shove after the hit. And Sean Skinner sends his man back. I, who was Sean Skinner trying to hold back there? It, I don't want to identify the wrong guy. It might have been Tanner Seams after the play. No, face mask against Monticello. And that's going to give. That's a tough penalty for Monticello to take. Would have been fourth down and 20-ish. 
And that's That'll probably an automatic first down. It is. And a 15-yard penalty. It's going to be the story of the night for Monticello is unforced errors and trying to clean things up. Moving forward, Monticello just has not given itself many opportunities. I mean, they've given themselves plenty of opportunities, but just has not put themselves in positions uh, routinely to capitalize on some of those opportunities. They're a good team with an excellent quarterback, and that typically will get you into the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised to see both these teams in the postseason. That's kind of what happened last year. St. Joe won the first one, and then they both went on to, to make the playoffs. Monticello's 2018 season, Class 3A champions in the state of Illinois. Week 9, beat St. Joseph Ogden 50-7. The next week, beat them 50-7 again. My son was on that team, Joey. Thanks for reminding us of that. You brought it up when we <laughs> talked with Monticello uh, yesterday. and That was just to paint the picture, illustrate the, 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 the rolling rivalry between these teams. I don't think St. Joe forgot those games, and I don't yeah. think Monticello forgot last year. But it looks and, like St. Joe's going to have the upper hand again. And Coach Welter actually said, you know, they were both closer than the score indicated, and I think he meant it. I really do. I, th I think, it, especially in the playoff game, St. Joe was driving the ball down the field and then threw an interception, and that killed the momentum. But a play or two here and there, um, it's, it's a much, much closer game. I think he meant that. I really do. It's funny how football works more than any other sport. It's just sometimes you get those, uh, well, if we could have that play back, or, you know, I guess you could say that in baseball to some extent with home runs and, and what have you. Right. Basketball, I think, is a little more sequence-oriented. Uh, you don't really focus in on those one or two keep, unless it's at the very end of the game. Mm -hmm. Not an automatic first down. It's going to be fourth down. Well, I think the officials are still trying to get this thing sorted out. The, yeah, it's going to be fourth and two from the 28. 32-14. I really think a face mask is an automatic first down. I was under that same impression, Jeff. Here we go. Smith under center. Smith pushing forward on fourth and two, trying to get it. Monticello needs this stop. Monticello, That's going to be close. Monticello yeah, thinks they've stopped him. To my eye, I think they're right. And this might be a good opportunity to say hello to our folks on the chain gang. I think they're going to – well, they give it to St. Joe. Not too sure about that, but there must have just—he must have stretched the ball out under sure. the, yeah, under the all the pile. Well, yeah, and on a play like that, the officials definitely have the better look. It's deflating for Monticello, though. They needed that stop on fourth down, and now St. Joe has a first and ten at Monticello's 27, 32-14, 7:50 to play here in the game. Two wide receivers right for Logan Smith. Movement on the line, no flag. Movement both ways, I thought, there. And now they will go up Stand the up gut. Five, Tim Blackburn-Kelly. It's Tim Blackburn-Kelly, and Kelly has a short gain on first down. Somehow James Barron ended up with the football after that, but not really sure how that happened. But it's still St. Joe ball. Clock runs at 7.15. Second down and seven. Ball's on the 24-yard line. St. Joe now moving deeper into Monticello territory, trying to ice this one here. And they're moving deeper into the play clock. Have you noticed that, too? They There's are. only two seconds left. 
They'll even take a delay a game here on second and seven, letting that thing run all the way down. They'll all take a timeout right at the timeout, zeros on the play clock. Their first timeout. How frustrating is that for Monticello to watch a team, for any team, right, to watch a team just run out the clock? Especially when you view yourself as kind of a high-powered offense. You know, you're probably just chomping at the bit to get out there and try to get some points on the board, but you have to have the ball to do that, obviously. Again, I think this is two good teams. I agree, and I, I, I hope the impression isn't that I've been a little too one-sided towards St. Joe. I think Monticello's got a really bright season ahead of them. We'll see him in week three on Light Rock 97.5 and again in week nine against Colono Unity. Cully Welter, I mean, you talk about revered coaches and respected coaches in this area. He's right up there at the top of the list. Tremendously right. generous uh, with his time. Toss at the News Gazette, Light Rock 97.5. Appreciate that. I don't think you've leaned towards St. Joe at all. Probably one of the reasons Cully Welter is such a good coach is he would probably say, yeah, we made too many mistakes, and I have to do a better job of coaching him through that. And something tells me he will, because the, the guy knows what he's doing. It's been the story of the game for Monticello, just those unforced errors. And I'll talk with him after the game, looking for a quick story that you'll find late tonight on newsgazette.com. Ask him about that, and how do you move forward from here and clean those things up? Monticello at home next week, opening its brand-new turf field. That'll be an exciting time in Sage's country. Out of the timeout, a handoff up the middle goes to Justice Wirtz for a short game. Third down and five coming up. St. Joe next week at Hicks Field in Tolono Unity. That game will be on Light Rock 97.5. And as I said, we'll catch the Sages in week three and week nine. And Unity won tonight already, correct, against Prairie Central? Unity a 27-12 winner against Prairie Central. Scott Ritchie was on the scene there. Another soggy night over in Tolono. Here's a keeper for Logan Smith, and Logan Smith is gone. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Spartans. Logan Smith does it again, his sixth touchdown of the night. A 20-yard touchdown run to the left side, his fifth rushing touchdown of the evening. And St. Joe's Fogden, if there was any doubt, I think they've quenched it here, or quelled it. What would be the proper term there? Erased it? I think quelled is the quelled. word you're looking for. Quenched, that was much hotter. <laughs> 38-14, our new score, 6-0-4. And how about this? The Sages, or uh, the Spartans, rather, will go for two, trying to give us some semblance of a football score here. It'll be a 38-14 game. Get that to 40 if they can convert this one from three yards out. And a keeper right, looking for the pylon, and getting it is Justice Wirtz. Good to see him back in the game after he... Missed some time earlier. St. Joseph Ogden, your leader, 40-14, 6-0-4 for the ball game here in St. Joseph tonight. St. 
And push-ups down there in the student section. Someone's down there doing 40 push-ups. Everyone's cheering them on. He's really good at it, too. Yes. He He's not cheating. <laughs> He's doing the military ones. Going all the way down. Cranking those push-ups. He's had to do a lot of push-ups tonight if he's been matching the <laughs> score all night. Well done. I would venture to say St. Joe has this one locked up. Um, all they have to do is just not make any big mistakes. I would agree. 40-14, to 14, our new score. 6.04 for the ball game. St. Joe will kick off. Now, as we said that, Monticello will run it back for a touchdown, and then we'll be kind of right back in it. <laughs> but Frasca has the win behind him, so I think this one's probably going in the end zone again. Back deep to return, Ike Young and Hunter Romano for Monticello. Kickoff with 6.04 right to left, and it's going to be fielded. At the six-yard line by Ike Young. Young spun down at the 30, gets to the 34 before it's all said and done. Jeff, you told me on, I think it was yesterday, that you told me you had a, a pretty big list of folks you wanted to shout out tonight. Don't want to put you on the spot, but anyone out there you'd like to say hello to? Um, probably the first one that comes to mind is my buddy Jim Cotter, who actually passed away two years ago. Um, he and I had a podcast called The Jim and Prim Show where we talked about high school sports, college sports, baseball. Um, I miss him very, very much. Um, Jim, I hope you're up there listening. I know you'd be proud and excited about me getting an opportunity to do this. Um, another buddy of mine wanted me to say, down goes Frazier. I haven't really, <laughs> <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> haven't really had a Howard Cosell type moment to work that one in. Well, you just did. There's I just that, did. That counts. So. <laughs> But, yeah, Jim is probably the, the one I wanted to for sure mention because he would just be so so excited about my getting a chance to do this. And he was kind of the, you know, the St. Joe media mogul, and he covered a line eye. And, um, he was as big a sports fan as I've ever known. He is certainly missed yearly in our area and beyond. His son, Caleb, on the roster for St. Joseph Ogden. He's just a sophomore. Haven't seen a lot of him tonight. Certainly, you'd expect to see him more in seasons uh, to come next year and uh, his senior year. Yeah, he's a lineman. I've noticed they don't really get in on the line until they're juniors and seniors and they're bigger and stronger. Good to be around uh, the varsity experience, though. And I would – does he play on Monday nights at the JV level as well? Uh -huh. or? Okay, I would – I was uh, – my assumption was that he did. Yeah, his mom actually asked if we were going to broadcast the JV game. <laughs> and I said, no, sorry, Sue, we don't do the yeah. – don't do the JV game, but – Jim's He'll get in there and get some, some minutes. Jim's wife Susan in the house tonight. I believe she, I think I saw her on my way back up to the, the box. Mm -hmm. Still out here. Pleasure to meet her tonight. You did a tremendous, you did a better job promoting this game than I did. I mean, you were like <laughs> spreading the word. Yeah, I told a bunch of friends, <laughs> like, listen so that I can feel like I'm talking to my friends instead of, you know, the how many thousands of listeners to WHMS, but I. Wanted to feel like I knew at least a few hundred of them. Sure. That's what makes it fun, knowing you got a buddy or a family member who have you, you know, tuned in. Helps a little to just pretend like you're talking to them. Exactly. Got a couple of buddies uh, tuned in out there tonight. Shout out to 
All those guys. Here's Teshke dropping back. Teshke stepping up and firing, and it's caught down inside the 10-yard line. A flag is down, caught despite some pass interference from Carter Ferran. He's inside the 10, down at the 6. See what the flag is. I would assume P.I. against St. Joe. Yeah, it ended in pass interference, but that was good coverage. The defensive back was step for step with him. And how about this? It's going to be, looks like, against Carter Ferran. So offensive pass interference. He pushed off. Made a terrific catch after committing a penalty. So it's yeah. all for naught. But again, the St. Joe second, St. Joseph's Ogden secondary has been very, very strong tonight. One of the reasons they're winning. It's got to be encouraging for Sean Skinner and St. Joe's defensive coaching staff to go into Hicks Field next week against a sophomore quarterback. Dan Eisenman, I'm not quite sure how he did tonight. I have to look at the stats from that one, but the St. Joe's secondary has brought its A game. Here's a pass to Raiden Colbert, right hash. Colbert has spun down at the 46-yard line. So, Sages get a little back there, but it was second and 30. Now it's down at second and 11. Two wide receivers to each side for Teshke here. Sages are going to show a four-man rush, and they do, and it's a pass out to Ferran. Ferran. Looking for the sideline, near side. Wrapped up, brought down at the 42. Nice tackle by Cody McKinney. Wrapped him up very, very nicely. Matt Daniels with the assist, by the way. Let me know, I just mentioned Unity's sophomore quarterback, Dane Eisenmenger. 19 of 26 for 253 passing yards and four touchdowns in Unity's win against Prairie Central tonight. So I let our listeners to believe, oh, he's the sophomore. You know, easy, easy for St. Joe to defend, right? Well, maybe not so. No, not if he plays for Unity. Unity just does everything so well. They play defense well. They run well. They pass well. Not many penalties. Very disciplined quarterback factory. You look at some of the quarterbacks they've had over there in Solono. Yeah, that's Stephen Miggett. He was phenomenal. Uh, Taylor White for Unity. He was really good, too. And perhaps chief among that group, Scott Hamilton, who still uh, has been known to wind it up and practice. Former college quarterback himself. can Really? I didn't know that. Kind of you know, puts himself into some of those drills and uh, shows the young whippersnappers how it's done <laughs> out there. <laughs> Unity in St. Joe next week on Light Rock 97.5. Looking forward to that at Hicks Field. Teshke back on fourth and eight. Monticello needs this. A pass over the middle to Trey Welter. Welter and Teshke were not on the same page. It's incomplete. And St. Joe will take over. 4.04 to play. And the never-ending game seems that it's entering its final chapter. I think we've probably seen the last pass by Logan Smith. If it is, an e if it is even Logan Smith that comes out to take the snaps, it might be time to get the backup in. 
see who the Spartans show us here. Well, looks like Smith is getting the play call, so he is going to go out there, but I bet he just hands it off the rest of the game. First and ten for Unity here on their own 44, slowly trotting out to the field play clock at 15. They're not even close to ready to snap this thing, leading 40 to 14. Why should they be in a hurry, right? Right. Now you're just hoping no one gets hurt and maybe practice a few plays that you've been kind of weak on. First play is a handoff to Justice Wirtz. Boy, what a fun matchup that'll be. Eisenmenger and Logan Smith. Last year, St. Joe took down Monticello in week one. Did not fare very well against Unity the next week. So I'm sure that's a matchup that Spartans uh, players and fans mm -hmm. remember. And I don't think anybody not. fared well against no. Unity that well, year ex point. except Prairie Central, and then Unity beat them in the playoffs. <laughs> Unity was just a couple of points away from playing for another Class 3A state title. And they're the number one ranked team in the area by the News Gazette, which I'm sure won't change after tonight's action. I don't see any reason it should, yeah, although St. Joe, I would say, is on a – path to rise in those rankings. I would think so. Yeah, they look solid tonight. It's going to be, as we've got a third and 14 coming up here, Jeff, uh, 2.50 left to play. Clock is winding. St. Joe's got this one in control, 40 to 14. It's going to be tough because uh, News Gazette pick them each week. You know, you pick 10 games. You, uh, well, I'm curious to see how you fared in your guest picks this week. But right. uh, I got this one right. <laughs> yep, I picked St. Joe as well, but that's that's my point. As I, uh, not everyone likes to pick the game they're calling. I got no problem with it. I'm here. It's football. It's not that big a deal. Like I'll, I'll throw my pick out there. You'll never grow up to be Kirk Herbstreit then. I know. I, I, I think. <laughs> and I'll never get to put the big mascot head on like Lee Corso. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's the best gig in the world. I think Kirk secretly wants to make the picks. I just think you know the higher ups get in his way a little, but. I got no problem making the picks, the games I call, right? But I, I'm going to be in it because I like to pick the home team. That's kind of the secret. Mm -hmm. I, I learned that the hard way. We opened with the Cola Wars last year at Tuscola. I picked our Cola. People I didn't even know were coming up to me, <laughs> like, criticizing this pick. Like, who's this kid think he is? And Tuscola won, so I felt like a moron. Handily. I mean, it wasn't uh, a particularly close contest. Yeah, Tuscola will do that. So that's a football factory down there. Oh, we got a fake, fake punt, punt on fourth down. Stood up the ball. He got the first down though. <laughs> ball almost jarred loose, but a fake punt and a first down for Kyler Swanson into the game. Puts this one on ice with 90 seconds left. But the point of my story, my, the secrets always pick the home team so the home fans don't get mad at you. You know. Well, I don't know next week. I probably have to lean Unity because of that, because Unity is the number one team in the area. But mm -hmm. St. Joe is strong outing tonight. It's going to be tough. I think St. Joe's shown that they can compete with them. And if you can compete, you can get a turnover or two and you end up winning. Just stay with them long enough, try to steal it at the end. But that should be a, should be a good one, should be a fun one. Looking forward to that next week. Open up a News Gazette late in the week and – See who I pick. Into the game for the first time. Wyatt works and works bounces it left. It's like a holding call on St. Joe. That's going to come back. 
and Wyatt Wirtz, the sophomore, is going to have a big gain on his first carry wiped out. Minute and one second left. St. Joe firmly in control, 40 to 14. 61 seconds left in the game. I want to thank Jason Leggett back in the studio, doing a great job on our board tonight. Staying up late with us. A late evening back at uh, 2101 Fox Drive, but appreciate his help. Clock is stopped in a minute and one second. St. Joe getting ready to put this one away. There's a carry for Wyatt Works out to the right side, spinning, and he's brought down. Jeff, any final thoughts as we come up? Looks like we'll have one more play. Game clock at 45, and the play clock at 30. Um, I can't really think of anything new. Like I said, St. Joe played well on defense. Uh, Monticello's got some work to do, but I'm sure they will do it. And this is a, a nice win for St. Joe to build on and go into Unity next week and and hopefully get to those five or six wins that, that everybody wants to be at. Wyatt Words, another carry. Carrying right. This will be the last play of the game. Wyatt has scrimmaged the 49. He's up to the 45. And that's how this one will end. 40 to 14, the final score. Spartans over the Sages in St. Joseph. The season opens with an Illini conference statement for St. Joseph Ogden. 40-14, the final. Jeff, they didn't leave much to doubt here to the Spartans. Final score, Monticello 14. I believe my buddy Jim's son, Caleb, got in on that last play. So... Ask and ye shall receive. Caleb Cotter got in on the play. One step closer to a varsity letter. He's only a sophomore. Looking forward <laughs> to big things for him next season and his senior season. Maybe this season, too. Never know. His mom, Susan, in the house. Pleasure to meet her earlier. And a pleasure to work with you, Jeff, as well. Joey, you have been absolutely astronomical. I've been getting texts from my friends saying, hey, you're you know, keep it up. You're doing well. But the guy with you is phenomenal. <laughs> I appreciate so that. So you keep up the good work too, brother. Absolutely. It's been a fun one. We'll come back with some closing thoughts after one more break. Then we'll send you on your way as we're with you early on a Saturday morning in St. Joseph, Illinois. St. Joseph Ogden, 40. Monticello, 14, your final score. Joey Wright and Jeff Primer back in with you after a quick break on Light Rock 97.5. This is your eye on the sky. I'm Dave Leak, your star guy. Saturn reaches its opposition point in its orbit this coming weekend. This means Saturn is opposite the sun from our point of view, so when the sun sets, the planet Saturn rises. It also means our Earth and Saturn are on the same side of the sun together, so the Earth-Saturn distance is at a minimum. If you're keeping score, the separation is almost 815 million miles. Anything close is going to appear bright and look large as seen through a telescope. Now is the time to get that old telescope out of the closet and check out Saturn. You can see it above the southeastern horizon as the sky gets dark. And you can see the rings pretty easily with a low-power telescope. The rings consist of mostly ice particles that range from microscopic to the size of a small house, all reflecting sunlight. 
The ring system is 175,000 miles across, but if you could shrink it until it was a meter across, it would be the thickness of a razor blade. That's your Eye on the Sky. I'm Dave Leak. Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. It's the News Gazette and Light Rock 97.5 High School Football Game of the Week. Joey Wright with Jeff Kremer. Ready to close up the shop here. St. Joseph Ogden, 40, Monticello, 14, your final score. Jeff, Monticello, not their night. A couple unforced errors started to add up as the game went along, and St. Joseph Ogden, what a great effort from Logan Smith under center tonight. Oh, phenomenal effort. Um, if he plays like that every week, I mean, St. Joe's looking at a really, really good season. Absolutely. Logan Smith responsible for all of St. Joseph Ogden's touchdowns. Five through the ground, one through the air. He will be our player of the game. I think that's fair to say. Give it to Logan Smith. I concur 100%. I think it's pretty obvious. This arbitrary award that we toss out there, Logan Smith, our player of the game. How about that? Yeah, he had a hand in every score. Certainly. So I think there's your player of the game right there. A lot of great offense tonight, did Logan. Looking next week at what St. Joseph Ogden has on the table. It's going to be St. Joseph Ogden at Unity. You'll hear that game on Light Rock 97.5 at Hicks Field. And for Monticello next week, they host Illinois Valley Central to open up a brand new turf field at Monticello High School. It'll be exciting. Yeah, we saw that field when we went to interview um, Coach Welter and his players, and it looks just as perfect as the St. Joe one does. And the Unity one's perfect, so the IPC conference has some has some good fields to play on. That's for sure. They treat the treat the programs well. Rest of the schedule for Monticello week three. You'll hear Confluence Prep Academy and Grand Center Arts Academy in St. Louis, Missouri. They co-op. They'll come to Monticello on Saturday, the 9th of September at two o'clock. That'll be a special Saturday edition of our game of the week because Illinois football plays that Friday. Then they host Bloomington Central Catholic. They're at Pontiac. They host Grand Tool. At Paxton, Buckley, Loda, at Prairie Central, wrap it up against Tolona Unity. For the St. Joseph Ogden Spartans, they will, as I said, be at Hicksfield next week on Light Rock 97.5 on Friday. Host Prairie Central, host Illinois Valley Central. They're at Carterville, their non-conference game in week five. They'll host BCC, they'll travel to Pontiac, they'll host Rantoul and close at Paxton, Buckley, Loda. We'll send you on your way. Let you get some sleep here early on a Saturday morning. Joey Wright and Jeff Brimmer. Jeff, again, thank you so much for your help this week. This has been an absolute pleasure. Joey, I have had so much fun this week. I, I, I can't, I can't even put into words how much fun this has been. And then to get to sit up here and watch the game and and just talk football with you, it's it's been a really good experience. I very much appreciate uh, the opportunity. Hopefully, we're able to bring you on down the line because this was a lot of fun. I want to thank Jason Liggett, our producer, in the studio putting up with us, making sure we're on the air, making sure we're sounding good, staying up late with us here. Appreciate his help back in our Champagne studio. And the News Gazette Sports Department editor, Matt Daniels and Joe Vizzelli. I know they probably, uh, it was a stressful night coming up on deadline as all these games you know, had already were pushed back and then the weather rolled in. Haven't seen what tomorrow's section looks like. I trust it looks fantastic. Scott Ritchie saw him uh, tweet a selfie. He dealt with a rain shower at Tolono Unity tonight, so... Hopefully he's uh, getting some rest now. I'm sure a terrific story from Scott Ritchie out there in Unity. That's where we'll be next week on Light Rock 97.5. Join us then. Until then, for Jeff Prever, Jason Leggett, I'm Joey Wright. Your final score tonight, St. Joseph Ogden 40, Monticello 14. Week 1 
in the books on Light Rock 97.5. Thanks for listening. The Light Rock 97.5 and News Gazette High School Football Game of the Week has been powered by Pavlov Media. Sign up today for Light Up Your Life Fiber Internet at pavlovmedia.com. It's also brought to you by Prospect Bank. A podcast of tonight's game will soon be available at our website, newsgazette.com and whms.com. Your home for high school football and the Illini is Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana, a Champaign multimedia group station.